Hi everyone and welcome to another podcast of Globalize Asia. Education in our society has achieved a vital status. Some consider it essential, for some it's a status symbol. Some can't afford it and some simply don't believe in the system. However, the core of the establishment is the teachers who are committed to bringing positive change to a young and developing mind. Archana Dave is a secondary school teacher from London. Her passion for teaching has continued from early days of her career in India through tough times in her marriage and now as a proud single mother. She is a bank of positivity and her attitude towards life is commendable. She has shared insights into her experience of the teaching profession in the UK and clear some of the misconceptions, challenges and rewards of being a teacher. Hi Ashna, thanks for joining us today. Teaching is uh, a profession not cut out for everyone. It needs a lot of uh, patience, passion, knowledge and a flair for teaching. Clearly you come from that background. But before we get into details of it, can you just quickly understand how did you get into teaching? Well, um, hi Gagan, hi Vatsala. Um, teaching has been my life uh, because uh, I would say hats off to my own teachers. Because my teachers were so good that after medical profession, that was the second profession I thought. And because I didn't step into medical profession, the first thought came is I will go in teaching. And after I finished my graduation and post-graduation, I straight did my B.E. Of course... Um, Which is Bachelor's in Education. Yes, Bachelor's in Education in India, in Ahmedabad. Though I had to drop it, I got married. But later, uh, when I stepped out of my mar- marital uh, life, I went back to that and finished it. <laughs> so, yes, I came to London with my Bachelor of Education degree from India. So that's how teaching was always in my mind. I had a flair for teaching. I was studying in my um, graduation, uh, St. Xavier's College, Ahmedabad, and I was giving lectures to um, students who were studying in the first year when I was in my third year. So uh, teaching was very, um, actually, what should I say, very um, simple to me, uh, ingrained in me. And my dad is also like, he's not a teacher, he's a banker, but he teaches very well. So that came very easy to me. So how many years did you spend teaching in India before you decided to come here? Uh, Very good question. In my marital life, I could not have um, my teaching experience because I was not allowed to work. So I started with a um, kindergarten school and my daughter joined in because the principal said, uh, would you like to work with us? And I said, oh, wow, I would love to, because I got married immediately after my college. So I worked there for about uh, a year and uh, I loved it. But then again, I, was, um, I stopped that. And uh, my actual st- teaching started when I left my husband and I came back home to my father's place. And I started my teaching. My teaching um, was only about six years. I was coordinator of the school in Zydus. Uh, and then I went back to Chennai. My daddy took me there. And I became a principal of a school. Oh, wow. So, but when I was teaching, um, in my, when I was doing my master's, I was doing teaching in some uh, colleges as evenings, uh, evening college. So teaching has been there. Yeah. But if you ca- calculate the years, it's not that many. Now, people will say I'm teaching like so many, but 
Then I became uh, the principal of a school. I taught again my biochemistry and science subjects because I didn't want to leave teaching and I kept on. So totally about uh, eight years, okay, eight years in India. So as we understand, you know, personal circumstances changed at your end. Uh, you went through a broken relationship and then you probably thought that it was good it was a good idea to go and you know settle abroad with with your daughter so how was how was that phase like and what what were the challenges that you faced around that time it's totally different vatsala if you see uh, teaching in uh, india and teaching in london here i had a lot of challenges that i had to face coming to london was not very easy I, I mean, when I say coming to London by visa and all was so easy, I came in three months. I applied and I was in three months here. That was easy. But coming and settling and getting the job, because what is told to you in London by the people around you is that, oh, you can't get a teaching job without doing a qualification here. You have to study to get your QTS, which is Qualified Teacher Status. You have to get it here, study in college, and that's £9,000. And what's the duration of that? That is one year course. Okay. But then you have to go to the school and do uh, one more year to get permanent. So irrespective of whether you are um, a teacher back in India, whether you have a number of yes, years of experience, of course. you still have of to course. go through a process here of to get course. that certificate, is it? Yes, right. but this was what told to me, right? right. But when I came to know, when I found out further, I came to know that I could s still teach in a school, if the t uh, school allowed me, and get um, uh, admission in a college by just registering in a college, and I could be tested while I'm working. Okay. But this was not never told to you. See, mm -hmm. this makes it very difficult. People are not knowledgeable enough to tell you all these things. I found out after four years, right? Till then, it was so difficult because there was a, um, a period that you can only teach as unqualified teacher for four years here in London. Okay. After that, if you don't get qualification, you can't teach. Especially in, uh, like you can teach in uh, private and you can teach in further education colleges, but not in school. So there were, uh, there were limitations and you're not being guided properly, you're not being, so I've been helping so many teachers. Like people come back to me and I tell them, do this, do that, you can do it this way. It's because I didn't get that help. I didn't get that help. Nobody helped me there. So in that case, what did you, so did you start teaching in uh, the first city you landed here, which is Newcastle? No, that, <laughs> that is what is funny. Because first time, because uh, teaching was my profession, I had done nothing else but teaching even in India. But first time here, I landed up in a job as a call center. <laughs> and they gave me, uh, they liked my performance, of course. You know, when you are a teacher, you perform every, everywhere good. And they made me a floor manager. And I thought, oh my God, where am I going? This is not where I, I was getting good pay also because I was working many hours. And that's how I could get my parents first year to Engl uh, England because I, I was getting good salary. But then I stopped and I thought, sorry, I'm going on a wrong track. I left the job. And I got back again after my father and mother went back after six months. I said, okay, stop, leave this job. Again, went to voluntary teaching, got back into uh, things. And I got a first, first of my supply teaching job was supply teacher. Okay. So supply teacher is what basically? Is supply it? teacher is kind of you have uh, agencies and they allow you to go to schools and teach. So you have to give as them certificates as a substitute teacher. Right. Exactly. And... 
and uh, you have to get, give them like a lot of registry you have to register and you have to give your certificates and everything and once they are sure that you're ready to teach and they are uh, happy to let you go in any other school you've got your crb very important um, and then uh, they allow you but as is they, the qts required for supply teaching uh, yes they do ask for that they do ask but if you are assistant teacher then they don't ask for it okay and sometimes sometimes if you're capable enough then as an unqualified teacher you can work in a supply uh, teaching agency right. also so i'm telling you all these some supply agency will say sorry if you've not done qts i can't take you yeah. some will say okay it's all right because they need you isn't it right. here the teachers are needed especially science maths all these subjects what grade are we talking here what grade of um, student wage group that you were I'm talking I, because I teach in secondary so I know only about secondary but I'm uh, aware that even primary school teachers are required here mm -hmm. right. but I teach secondary schools uh, secondary means from year 7 to year 13 right which yeah. is what 12 years onwards yes right yeah so basically well, here they they say that but some supply uh, agencies allow you some don't so you're not sure you can't tell anyone oh you don't do QTS mm -hmm. you can't get a job I, I did not do my QTS. Mm. Then I got into a job. I got my job. I worked as an unqualified teacher for a long. And as I told you, I came to know about the loopholes and what I could do. And I did my uh, QTS while I was working okay. um, in the school. And I got my certificate. Oh, but nice. after four years, imagine, I had to struggle for four years. I used to go around all the school uh, admin department asking them, you have to sign this, you have to sign that. Right. And uh, nobody would know anything. They will take the papers and they'll say, I will talk to you after uh, some time. And there will be one term gone, second term gone. Mm -hmm. Years just pass like that. So, so here, knowledge is not enough. You know, you need to awareness. work for yourself. Awareness, yes. And you need to work for your own self. So how, how is it like uh, demographics-wise within England in terms of teaching? Um, as I understand, you started with teaching in Newcastle. And then you now work in London, in the south of uh, London, as 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 a, as a teacher in in a second secondary school. Yeah. So what prompted the move then? Uh, well, when I was in Newcastle, because I I wanted to always be away from London, because I had some people whom I knew, and they said London is very crowded. But Newcastle was some something I liked initially, and uh, I was happy there. But I did not get a, a good job there where even uh, monetary wise means, uh, you know, you're not paid very well if you're in a place where um, uh, structure wise, if you see, if you see Newcastle is a place where you don't get paid high. If you come near London, you're paid a little high. Of course, yeah, expenses yes. come along with that too. Yeah, it doesn't mean that uh, everything is equalized, but expenses do come along. And then I realized that Newcastle being a small place, let me travel towards London. I've been told by other people also, you go to London, you get a permanent job. So let me, um, um, I thought, let me try. And I, when I went to London, I got a job and I was all right with it. So everything went well. See, I could not find the difference though. I found everything same. London, teaching in London, mm -hmm. teaching in UK is same throughout. Okay. Yes, some schools are a bit more disciplined. Some schools are a bit more... So when you say some schools, are you talking about the differences between state schools and private schools? Or are you just no, I've never taught in a private school. Right. I didn't get an opportunity to teach in a private school. I was in state schools. But even in state schools, uh, I'm talking about the admin. Like, you know, in some schools, they have a very strong discipline factor. Whereas in some schools, they have a very loose one. But then so, don't you think uh, agent, uh, regulatory authorities like the Ofsted, they, they guarantee a basic level of, uh, you know, standard 
with satisfaction uh, in schools? Well, I wouldn't. Uh, they try. Yeah. I would say they try. But not all schools are having the same discipline, isn't mm. it? They do try. Ofsted is trying that they keep everything at the same level. Yes, Ofsted have different ratings for different schools. Yes. Depending mm-hmm. on the guidelines they follow. So. But all schools, um, I shouldn't be saying this, but uh, this is a fact that where there are a lot many areas where there are council houses and parents are not very educated. Right. So demographics so you will see, yes, there. it does. I, I was going to say that, that mm-hmm. that plays such a, a high, I mean, it's such a high level difference. And you go to an area where their parents are educated and children are, they want their children to be educated, you will find more discipline there. So let's turn this around a little bit. Um, you said that obviously demographics wise, um, you know, there is a certain quality of students that come to these schools and teachers almost prefer to go and teach in better schools. How, how is it then uh, when they talk about bettering the school environment that if all the good teachers go to the good areas, how is it going to be that the lesser <laughs> That's developed a very schools? good question, Avatsala. What happens is that it depends on if you are living in that area. You wouldn't like to travel very far, isn't it? And uh, you will try to search, you will see if there's a vacancy there. All, it is automatically understood that if there's a good school, teachers won't leave it. Yeah. So you're not going to get an opportunity or a vacancy there. So you have to struggle with the other schools where you have, I have seen high rotation of teachers leaving the school like 50 teachers leaving every year. Mm-hmm. So there's a rotation. They go from one school to another, one school to another, and they think they have covered uh, all in this borough. They change their place and go to another school. So you, you see that there is something wrong, I feel, somewhere, that the system is not in place. I'm sorry to say that, but I feel the system is not in place, that teachers aren't feeling that safe, mm-hmm. or uh, what should I say, that happy to work in a particular school. If they are happy, mm-hmm. they wouldn't change often. So teaching in India is, is a big business there. Most of the kids go to private school. <clears throat> there are many, um, I mean, if you compare from UK, a lot of people want the kids to go to a state school. So catchment area comes and play the role there, as you mentioned, that you have to be in that catchment area to go to a good school. And then the price of the property goes up, etc. But if you have to compare kid or you know the school structure in India and in UK which one would you prefer uh, as a parent and as a teacher of course I would prefer India when I'm talking about secondary schools when I'm talking about primary and secondary schools I'm not mentioning university here university is a bit different from here okay yes in schools I would say I prefer India is because it has got discipline, it has got respect for the teachers, it has got very good education. Teachers are working hard to uh, give good education to students, they are having good strategies and children are very focused and they are getting good results. Where in which country do you get 98.69 percentage? You don't. You don't get such percentage. So it's a two-way street in India, according to you. So it's, it's the teachers putting in the graft, but then the kids equally responding. Whereas Absolutely. here, um, based on what you said, it's, it's, it's kind of, there is some gap where the children are not able to probably perform to the best of their capabilities. And somewhere do you think the teachers are also not willing to put that, go that extra mile? Well, I wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. Remember, I'm a teacher and I respect this uh, fraternity of mine. Mm-hmm. And I feel all teachers are putting their best. Yeah, 
but it's it's, it's a place where you need something oppositely uh, giving you the same response if your response is not co- correct if the children are not giving you the response that you actually need an artist standing on a stage if he's performing and he doesn't get that applause from the audience he wouldn't perform that better but if he gets that encouragement from uh, the, the audience then definitely he will perform even better that is what it is same as a teacher teacher is an artist there trying to teach something and the audience is the students so the students have to give good response to the teacher so teacher can bring out more better things you know and she can give them more but that is where the flaw comes in when you don't get good response teachers just do and they stop there what were the curriculum um, so if we compare apples for apples in secondary school what they teach in india and what they teach here is it pretty much similar well uh, this is a very good question but it is still under controversial because at some point yes i will say at some point no because yes apple is an apple in primary school it's all right but when it come to secondary school india the students are learning much much more at secondary level mm-hmm. as they are learning in, in here in london and that is the reason why every year here in london they are changing the specifications they are trying to put them together and bring it to that level china and india's level but i don't know how it's going to work it is difficult they have to start they're from, not prepared for yes they are not very prepared for it but they have changed and the it's 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 quite a pattern as well that you know every year when you see the gcse na level scores it tends to be and this is purely out of observation not of bias that areas where with 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 a, a distinct asian population tends to out to tend to outperform in terms of the a levels and gcses compared i completely to- agree with you watsala and uh, even in a particular school if you see asian students will be performing much better they will be on the higher side which is as you said no not having a bias but it is true because they have that background especially uh, so the, the people who have come yeah the ethnic thing because parents are bothered mm-hmm. parents are worried they are sending uh, i get uh, tuitions from parents from um, uh, like uh, from sri lanka from uh, punjabi parents and they are worried they want their students to do the best but to kind of just uh, outlay that a little bit like i was um uh, gagan has 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 a, has a child and you know he often wonders or his wife wonder that the, you know the asian parents tend to be so obsessed with the education element of the child that it's that constant how many classes is he going for how many, how is he doing in education and and it puts that pressure back on the child as well in some ways how healthy do you think is for development and because because yes asians perform but then they may, may have other interests outside of academia which they may not pursue because of i added uh, pressure. i say yes and no both atsala because as you know for everything there is plus and minus points mm-hmm. yeah there is advantage there is a disadvantage yes pressure is more and as you said because in india also you would realize that sports music or have not been given that much importance as education is right so if a child wants to become a singer in first will be a big no from parents yeah. and they would say no you should become either a doctor or an engineer <laughs> which is which is still there in parents even here in london and i agree with that but has it not given good fruits so the positive point is it has given good fruits if you compare it with other students they a child i feel as a teacher can do much more then we we the child is using only half even half of the quarter that uh, we, we are using as adult right but a child can learn six languages at one time 
mm. more than an adult. So child has a capacity to do it. Yeah, so I guess at the end of the day you have to understand what your child is capable of. Exactly. Put them into situations where he might enjoy or he or she might enjoy or pick up on things that he or she can excel in in future. But don't be an obsessed parent and don't push your child into a direction where you clearly see he or she is not enjoying it. Yes, of course, like some parents have, uh, you know, in India also you see my cousins and all, what they do is they are pushing on education. At the same time, they are sending for Bharatanatyam, they are sending for Judo, Karate, everything. But then you start with everything. When you see your child is not interested in Judo, Karate, but interested in Bharatanatyam, stop Judo, Karate classes. Because you didn't know till then, was he interested? And the child has shown interest. So please listen to the child. Please have a, let the child have a say and then recognize what his capabilities are, what his interest is. And, and that's how you go further. So you no, know no. what... what yeah, no, no, I agree because I, I sent, I sent Rion to Jiu-Jitsu classes. So initially he didn't enjoy it. It's a you know, Japanese way of martial arts. But slowly he started enjoying it. Yeah. So all we did was pushed him for two classes. Mm-hmm. Saying, Rion, if you don't like it, by third class you can you know, stop going there. And third class, he was like, I want to go back. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes as a parent, you need to judge that, you know, how, how she have to You be need to give an opportunity, yeah. isn't it? If you don't give an opportunity, he can't recognize yeah. it. Yeah. And on the other side, I keep saying, even can I send you for a dance class? <laughs> and he goes, so offensive. He's like, no way, I'm going to uh, go for a that, dance that, that's, class. That, I, I would talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> because... Dance is also something which I feel students should be given extracurricular activities. They relax them mm-hmm. and it gives an opportunity for them to give out their frustration in some way or the other. Because life is full of frustrations, I know, and people do get depressed. But if you have your passion, yeah. I have seen, uh, if you see a survey, people who have passions, they will mm-hmm. never be depressed. Or an outlet, yeah. just it can be anything. Yeah, it can be anything. So picking up on that, um, you know, we understand in your spare time, you take, take tuitions as well. Um, and uh, apart from that, you have many, many varied interests. So tell us about that. Uh, you mentioned dancing. We know that you're actively involved in various activities and uh, you know, just talk us through what your interests are. Well, uh, I've got a big list <laughs> because as I said, I'm jack of all and a master of few. So um, I do Reiki healing which uh, I've, uh, you know, some people know in Newcastle and some people know here. And uh, I've done the master's course and I can do even distant healing, distant Reiki healing. And uh, I believe uh, in uh, Feng Shui. So in Spice FM radio, when I was working there. This is a local radio channel in Newcastle. Yes, this was in Newcastle. And uh, I used to do um, Feng Shui and Reiki programs on them. So I used to give a variety of programs. Apart from them, I'm very interested in art. I'm an artist myself. I do exhibitions for oil paintings, acrylic paintings and glass paintings. And um, I used to in India do candle making and all sorts of things. And I like all kinds of art. And uh, I get interested in that. I love to go and see exhibitions in London whenever they are put up. And I do tuitions. I teach 11 plus uh, students English and Maths. And I also do my science as if my, I'm a science teacher. I teach science and biology. So I do physics, chemistry, biology lessons. And uh, for A-levels, I do only biology. Then I teach Bollywood dancing. And uh, wow. I do painting and art classes, arts and craft. I do summer classes when I'm here. So I do a lot do of you, things. Do you sleep at all? <laughs> yes, I do. When I fall on the bed, should I say <laughs> like that, I sleep tight. <laughs> 
but I'm always uh, consciously um, awake and uh, I, I have a lot of ideas in my head, you know, my head is full of ideas, so I like to give ideas to my friends, share with them and uh, gives me a lot of pleasure when I do that. Do you ever wonder of starting a business? I want to and uh, I'm waiting for an opportunity. 24 hours are very less for me, Gagan. So I'm thinking, is there any way I can increase my hours? <laughs> because I want to do lots of things. Yeah. Like I want to, I'm, I'm doing my PhD and um, I'm, I'm studying also at the same time. Of course, part-time because I can't do full-time. And uh, I want to do a business. Yes, I want, I'm waiting for an opportunity. Uh, I, I, last year, I made a lot of greeting cards and uh, because there was a, stall and I put them up and so I like to do any artwork right. whenever I get time I hate to waste my time so coming back to teaching Arjuna um, you know I, I just wanted to understand a little bit better in terms of coming from an Asian background and I'm sure there are many like you who teach in schools here has it been particularly challenging more than the other teachers local teachers for example to establish yourself or prove yourself to be worthy um, of being a teacher here? Yes, I would say yes. There are a few things. Um, it could be different because I'm a different character. Okay, I have a different personality. And my personality, because I've taught in India, I cannot joke around with students, which the teachers here do. And the, the jokes they do, which uh, pleases the students, I cannot please the students like that. So that is my uh, so that's drawback. A that's a cultural thing. And I can't do that even today. Though I have learned through the years. I've been here. I'm The way I talk, I've changed my way of talking. And uh, i become more lighter. I'm, I was a strict teacher. I've loosened a little. A few things I have changed myself. There's certain things still I can't do. Mm. Um, trust me, I don't regret though. Because I think I'm alright. And, and it doesn't match my personality. So I don't do it. But those teachers have a good rapport with the students. The local teachers. is because of the way they joke with them. And the way they can use the words. Which I cannot mm -hmm. use. So that is a big um, minus point. If through somebody else if watches me. And the second thing is that. No, see, when, when you are in a different country, people don't want you to succeed. Uh, they say it, they don't say it, they show it, they don't show it, but that's the truth. So you can't succeed uh, very much unless and until you are in such a position that uh, there's nobody else so you get a chance. And people who have come up, um, especially ethnic minorities, they have come up is because they got the chance. The chance because there is nobody else. If there's somebody else, you never get a chance. Trust me, this is what I have observed. So this will be there for a long time. So rounding up the, your experience of being a teacher in this country, and I'm sure different people have different experiences. I agree. Uh, what would your two lines be for anybody wanting to explore that profession? Well, I would say hard work. Definitely being a teacher is a hard work here in this country. But yes, if you have the passion, please go ahead. That's what I did and I'm doing. Yeah, and it's a sustainable profession. Uh, yes, you kind can. of. <laughs> so, so you see yourself doing it for a while? I can't do anything else, isn't it? I mean, uh, I can do all my passion stuff, but uh, I have a flair for teaching and I will always be teaching till the end. Excellent. Uh, it's quite interesting that, you know, very passionate words from you. Uh, a lot of people go through broken marriages and never bounce back and go into depression, etc. I'm sure you've gone through those phases in your life in the past. But what was the biggest motivator for you that made you bounce back and follow your passion in a different country? 
Gagan, one thing I would say, and I would even like to talk uh, to others also, that positive attitude of mine has helped me go a long way. Be positive, and I have I have never looked back again. I've never seen, and I don't remember those days. I remember the good things in life and be happy, cheerful. I do whatever I like. I if I want to watch a movie, I watch a movie. I see a comedy movie, laugh aloud when I'm alone. My daughter is studying in the university. I'm alone at home, but I always keep myself busy. That's another after positive attitude. That's a thing that I keep myself busy. So I told you, I fall in my bed. When I fall, I sleep. So I keep so much busy. I've got plants around my house. I've got, uh, though I've got a small flat, I've got little, little plants. So I feel cheerful. I do paintings. I do so many other things. I keep children around me, the little ones who come and learn Bollywood with me, learn 11 plus with me. So I keep myself busy and I, I, I think I'm very happy. Mm. And I keep a positive attitude with other people also. Same, I transfer, my smiles transfer. People say, Arshna, you smile and feel so good to see you. And I said, that's it. That is what it is. Yeah, so being positive is key. And I think that applies to anyone who's gone through uh, that phase. Yes, uh, yes. And, and yeah, it's, it's commendable what you've done and made of your life here, Arjuna. And to be blessed with a lovely daughter, I'm sure it's, it's nice uh, to see her grow, to watch her, you know, spring yes, into, a, yes. into a beautiful person of her own. Yeah, blessings of my parents and the support from my parents. And uh, always my daughter was with me and uh, that was always uh, the happiness of my life. So that has always kept me going and it will still keep me going. Beautiful words. Um, thanks so much. We absolutely loved talking to you and learning a little bit more about the teaching profession. And I hope everyone else listening will also relate to it and uh, connect with you being a teacher. Yes, so I hope so. so. And if anyone needs me, I'm always there. Hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. You can catch all upcoming episodes on the website globalize-asian.co.uk or via your iOS or Android devices. Also, if you wish to join us as a speaker and share your story, please do drop us a message via the contact form on the website. That's it for now from Gagan and Vatsala. Thank you very much, guys, for listening to our podcast. A quick shout out to our supporter for the podcast, Royal Beans. Royal Beans is a premium artisan chocolate brand operating out of the city of Bangalore in India. Currently, they are offering Belgian chocolate bonbons infused with interesting flavors like cappuccino, masala chai, dark chocolate ganache, sea salt caramel, and many more. Just visit their website on royalbeans.in and order for yourself or get it delivered to your loved ones in major cities across India. As a listener of a podcast, you are entitled to get 10% discount on the order value when you use the code GLA10 at the checkout. So go ahead and check it out.